Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Father, we're grateful. And that is to the God that we have come this morning. That, Lord, you will speak to us. And, Lord, as you speak to us this morning, our ears will open. Our hearts will be receptive. Lord, we empty ourselves as they fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and with your power this morning. Let your grace abound in the life of each and every one of us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I sure am excited. And I'm excited because God's going to speak to me. God's got a word for me. And I'm sure he's got a word for you as well. And my prayer for each and every one of us, including myself, is that the words that we hear this morning does not stand against us on the day of judgment. That those words that the Lord will speak to us this morning, we will take heed. We will take heed. You know, I watched a video this week and it says the churches have lost it. They're preaching about prosperity. They've forgotten the message of the cross. They've forgotten the message of the cross. We want to preach messages that are suitable to the people. And don't you, do you know that every message is not the message that you want to hear? You know, <laughs> I've been preparing a message. And God is saying, before you preach that message, I want you to preach this other one. And I'm like, Lord, like, really? Let me just go to the one that, you know, encourages. He says, no. I need you to st- tell them about things that would, that would hinder where I want to get them to. So when I say some things here, it's not because it's what I want to say. It's because that's what God wants to speak to us. And I have to be obedient to what God is saying. Otherwise, he cannot get us where he wants to get us to. Last week, we were talking about living out our purpose. And I showed us from Scripture how Jesus lived out his purpose. And one thing I emphasized last week was when people would say, I'm living my best life. And I said, what does that mean? What does that mean? If we live out our best life and God is not included in it, we are wasting our time. And that is the honest truth. Because what Jesus can say, he can say he lived his best life. Because from the age of 12, he knew his purpose. He knew why he had been created. And he worked towards it. He knew that his time was short. But from the age of 12, the Bible tells us that he was in the temple. What was he doing? He was learning. 
He was listening. He was asking questions. He was answering questions. He spent time with God. When Brad Patrice came and ministered the other day, he was encouraging us about prayer. He was saying, Jesus took time out to go and pray. But you know what? There was no Wi-Fi, but he was still connected. Even though there's Wi-Fi for us today, we can still be connected. You see, when all this technology is for, to help us to be able to accomplish the mission of God. I've never been to India. I've never been to Australia. But I can still connect to people there through the social media. So those of us that are connected on social media, what do we use it for? Do we use it to accomplish our purpose? Or do we just use it, you know, for, for to, just to get likes and comments? I'm challenging us this morning. Because if there was Instagram in Jesus' time, he would have used it to get the message out. Everything that Jesus did was to fulfill his purpose. The Bible says that he increased in what? In knowledge and in wisdom. So it's important for us to have the knowledge. But knowledge without wisdom is a waste. And that's why the Bible says in all you're getting, get what? Get understanding. But understanding is you, is, 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 is the, the understanding that you get is from the knowledge that you have. So you have the knowledge, you have the understanding of the knowledge, and then you have the wisdom, which is the application of the knowledge that you now understand. Amen. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. You see, as always, every time Jesus had the opportunity, he taught. He healed. And there were always people around him that asked questions. And the Bible says on this particular occasion, Luke chapter 12 verse 13. On this occasion, this question got to... As he was teaching, you know, people were asking questions. And the Bible says, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. How many of us know about this, you know, inheritance? How that causes issues in families? Always. You see, one thing I learned, well, not that I've just known it, but I was talking to someone this week, and the person said to me, he said, every fallout, every single fallout can either directly or indirectly be linked to money. Look at the nations that are fighting. Why are they fighting? Money, power. 
families, directly or indirectly. So Jesus replied and said, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, watch out, be on your guard against what? All kinds of greed. It says life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And when you look at the world today, it's about, I want more. I want more money. I want more power. I want more houses. I want more cars. I want, I, it's always about more, more, more. There's never enough. There's never enough. So I thought, okay, you know what? You know, and it's so important, you know, when the Bible talks about certain things, let's pick those words. Let's go and study it. Because sometimes what we think that word means, you know, probably God has a, 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 a more robust explanation for it. You know, when you talk about greed, right? Now, ordinarily you think, oh, well, it's just, oh, that person's greedy. But what does the Bible say about greed? And I took time out to look at that. It said greed goes further than money. A person can be greedy for money, but also for fame, for possessions, for attention. Would you ever think of it that someone who wants more attention is greedy? Ordinarily, you wouldn't. But the Bible says it is. Someone's greedy for compliments, for gifts, for another person's time, and even more. You see, in the Bible, the words greed or greedy are always used to describe selfish motivations of a person. It's all about me, me, myself, and I, limited company. I'm limited to just myself. I don't care about anybody else. And that's the world we live in, unfortunately. See, greed is a strong and selfish desire to have more of something. And that's why the Bible says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And that's why the Bible says you cannot serve God and what? Mammon. You either serve one and not the other, but you can't serve both. Not effectively. Not effectively. You know, there was another clip that I watched <laughs> this week, and there was this young man talking about, unfortunately, there was a lady that, you know, went on um, for a night shift. Um... I think she was working as a night shift and then left work and was driving home. And because she was so tired, she had an accident and died. And he was saying, rest, people. Don't keep on shifts. That shift, I'll take it. Oh, that one, I'll take Oh, double. Oh, you know. At the end of the day, she's lost her life. She's probably left, a child, left children behind. She's probably left her husband behind. And all the money that she was working for, who's going to enjoy it? Somebody else. 
amassing more, living our best life. May the Lord help us to be wise. You know, there are just some, there are just some things that we have to say no to. There are things we have to say no to. And, the, you know, the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't have things. It says the love of it. The love of it is what the problem is. As far as the Bible is concerned, the love of money is a sin. And that gets in the way of us being able to worship and serve God effectively. And that's why the Bible says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. We know about the rich man, you know, in that, in that same scripture. Who says, oh, now, oh, I've got a lot more. What am I going to do with all this money that I've got? I will break down the storehouses I've got. I will build bigger ones. And then I'll say to myself, hey, Charlie, you've arrived, though. Sit down, relax, enjoy, eat, and drink. And what did Jesus say? Tonight, you fool. May that never be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I say something that whatever it is that I have that I cannot use to serve God, Lord, I don't want it. Because the Bible says that everything that we have, there is nothing that we have that has not been given to us by God. The same way God has given it to us, it can be taken away. And what God wants is that everything that he has given to us, we should use it for somebody else's benefit. And that is why he says we should be our brother's keeper. If you see someone who is hungry, don't, uh -uh, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Yet your freezer is packed full. I know this is not really what we want to hear, but this is what God's wanting us to hear this morning. Are there any of us that's walking in strife, in envy, convictiousness, selfishness? Are there any of us that manipulate to get our way? Are we self-centered? This was one that really hit me. Are we hoarders? I'll be honest. Are we hoarders? Do we take advantage of other people just for what we want? Are we deceptive? You know, some of these things, oh, I'm born again, tongue-talking, spirit-filled. But we need to search our hearts. Are we power-seeking? Is that my way or the highway? Do we control others? Can we have Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, please? Proverbs 6, 16. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. You know, that word hates was, is a very strong one. It says, no, actually, there are seven that are detestable to him. 
carry on, please. Hasty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who steers up conflict in the society, says, my son, keep my, your father's commandments and do not forsake your mother's teaching. What are the father's commandments? These are the commandments that God has given us in his word. Why am I saying this this morning? Because these are things that would hinder us from being able to live out our purpose. You know, sometimes we rush to the end goal. Oh, you know, this is what I want to preach about. This is, what, this is what I want to say to the people, which is all well and good. And over the weeks while I was preparing, that, you know, that is the message. The message I want to, this is what I want, you know, to preach to the church. But God is saying, no, 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 take your time. Before you get to Brixton, there's Oval, Right? There's Elephant and Castle, because you're coming from the West End. You can't just skip. Let people know the things that would hinder them from getting, to, from living out their purpose, so that they can avoid those things. Greed and self-seeking has that power to cloud our judgment. In more ways than one. And that would hinder us. You see, the Bible says, you know, one of the things that came out there was, you know, covetousness. Oh, I want to be that person. I want to be like that person. I want to do this. Oh, that per Oh, I like the way Starita's cut her hair. I'm going to go cut my hair like that. There are subtle things that we do. Julie, I like your jacket. I probably, I'm going to probably get a yellow one next week. There's subtle, subtle things. Are we, and don't get me wrong, family. I'm not saying we can't do, but what is the, why, why are we doing it? You see, what is your motive behind it? So I'm not saying that, oh, you know, her hairstyle looks nice, I can't cut. But what is the motive? Am I trying to draw attention away from her to myself? Am I trying to draw attention away from Julie to myself? To say, oh, I can actually wear that jacket better than you're wearing it. Because we do these things and we do it in very subtle ways. May the Lord help us. Why are we doing what we do? What is the motive behind it? You see, we are all very unique. And that's why the Bible says that I and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I was saying to Dickness this morning, I said, you look nice. I said, you always look nice anyway. Because, you know, God has gifted her in such a way that whatever she wears, hey, she carries it well. 
I can't turn around and say, oh, what she's wearing, I'll wear it because I, pro- I wouldn't look nice in it. We're all unique. But whatever it is we do, let us do it unto the Lord. And that's why the Bible says, whether you eat or you drink or you sleep or you wake or you're working or you're walking, whatever it is that you do, do it unto the Lord. And let God take the glory. This is how we live out our best life. God, what would you have me do? Even up down to the things that we wear. The dress I took out last night was not what I wore. This morning, the Holy Spirit, ah, no, go and pick that dress. I didn't even remember it was there yesterday. And I wore it, and Nikki said, oh, you look nice. Thanks, daughter. And you know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, that God is not interested in these little, little things. But he is. It might actually be that same outfit that the Holy Spirit asked you to wear. Somebody will see you on the bus. Oh, auntie, I like, I like your outfit, you know. And that might be your opportunity to be able to minister to that person. It's not always about when we carry the Bible. It's not always about when we stand here. In our jobs, in our businesses, even in our social life, when we travel on vacation. We're all ministers of the gospel. Every single one of us. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. We're talking about living out our purpose. You know, and I said last week, when we ask some people, you say, I'm living my best life. But on the flip side, you might speak to someone and say, oh, you know, I'm just existing. So, so. And that's not what God wants for us. God does not want us just to exist. He doesn't want us just to pass through life. And that's why the Bible says he has given us, every single one of us, a gift. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10. It says, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to, to serve yourselves. To what? Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's in the word of God. So are we using the gift that God has given us to serve others? Or are we keeping it underneath our mattresses like our great-grandparents used to do? Let us use our gifts to serve others. It says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will glory, we bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is us living out our best life. That is us fulfilling purpose. 
God has given us abilities. You see, the Bible says that we are God's workmanship, His workmanship, created in Christ for what? For good works. Ephesians 2.10. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God created us. We are the clay. He is the potter. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. Do we ever find the sheep doing its own thing? Never. You know, I actually looked out. I said, oh, wow, he calls us the, the sheep. What are the qualities of the sheep? The sheep? The sheep's obedient. The sheep is gentle. The sheep has amazing vision. And it's not just talking about physical vision here, but spiritual vision. The sheep is innocent and smart. But this is the bit I like the most. It says the sheep bonds easily with others. And that's why the Bible says we are a body. Some of us, spiritually speaking, are hands. Some of us are legs. Some of us are fingers. But together we make up that body. Amen. And that's why the Bible says, you know, if, if, if the finger should say to the hand, I have no need of you anymore, what would happen? The rest of the body will suffer. It takes just cutting the, the a tip of your finger. The whole body will feel it. We all need each other. Everyone doing their own little bit. And that is how we fulfill purpose. That is how we live out the purpose of God for our lives. You know, we can't say it enough times. Whatever it is that your hand finds to do in the house of God, do it to the best of your ability. Whatever. You know, if we came in here this morning and the chairs were all over the place scattered, do you know that we wouldn't have been able to start on time? Whatever it is, we're all needed. We all have a gift. Let us find that gift. Amen? Jesus lived out his purpose. And we are called to live out our purpose. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1. And I'll just encourage us as I come to round up on this. He says, my children... Listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. For I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions. He says, and I like this bit. For I too was once my father's son. I too was once my father's son. And that's why God said of Abraham, he says, I have known him. I have called him because of, I know that he will teach his children's children, not even his children, his children's children concerning me. So every time I read that, I keep on saying, Lord, I know I do have a responsibility to my grandchildren. They're not here yet, but I have started to pray for them. 
I have a responsibility. You see, there are time, there's a time that you, you, that, you, that you speak to your children about God, right? And then it gets to a point where you now begin to speak to God about your children because they've got to that age and you have to move on. But you know that you still have a responsibility for your grandchildren. Amen. I was once a child and I listened to sound doctrine. And because I listened to sound doctrine, you, my child, would listen to sound doctrine in the mighty name of Jesus. And because you, my child, listen to sound doctrine, my grandchildren would listen to sound doctrine in the mighty name of Jesus. And that is how the generation will carry on. And our generation would not be lost. That our next generation will not be lost in the mighty name of Jesus. We all have a responsibility to ensure that we live out our purpose. As we live out our purpose, our children will live out their purpose. And they would also fan the fire for the next generation. Amen. It says, my father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and what? And you would live. It says, don't forget my words. Nod, turn away from them. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. I still remember things that my mom said to me when I was 11, when I was 10, when I was 13. She never stopped talking. And I remember up till she became nonverbal, she said, never stop talking. Talking to God about them. Every so often, I'll send messages. I'll send devotionals. I say, Lord, as I send it, I, I, I speak the Spirit of God over it, that they would read it. And not only read it, they would take heed. It says, the Bible says, guard your heart from above all. For out of it flows the issues of life. What are you guiding your heart against? You're guiding your heart against the things that would hinder you from fulfilling purpose. You're guiding your heart because that heart is precious to God. Guiding your heart by not watching certain things. I mean, the, you switch on the TV these days and some, you have to quickly, you know, change channels. Let me, let me give you a joke, right? You know, for years, there's this program you call Four in a Bed. How many of you know about it? When I first saw it, I thought, no way am I watching this. <laughs> because the title itself, I said, I'm not, no. I don't want to be, no perverse, I am not watching this. You're laughing at me. But that was it. Until one day, I don't even know what happened, but maybe I heard somebody talk about it. And I thought, ah, so that's what it's about. How can you ever connect the title? You can't. But because I did not, my eye gates are important to me. 
Because sometimes you watch some things and it begins to play on your mind. There's a program called How to Kill My Mother or How to Kill Something. How to what? How to Get Away with Mother. There's something about killing. You see, you hear all these titles. Guide your heart with all diligence. We're the ones that need to do it. I can't be saying, Lord, help me to guide my heart, and then I'm watching all sorts of TV. So, you know, as I round up this, evening, uh, this afternoon, uh, well, it's afternoon, I'm encouraging us. God is encouraging us. He wants to help us to fulfill purpose. But there are parts that we also need to play. We need to guard our hearts. That we don't walk in strife. That we're not envious. That we're not covetous. That we're not dishonest. You'll be shocked about how many of these are still found within us. So this morning, you know, let us speak to God and say, Father, you have known me. You have searched me. When I sleep, when I wake, when I stand, whatever it is, you know, even the things I don't know about myself. The Bible says that the entrance of his word, it brings light and it brings illumination. So, Father, this morning, whatever it is, whatever area of our lives that needs amends, oh God, we bring before you this morning. And we ask through the Holy Spirit of the living God. That, Lord, you help us to change. That, Lord, you help us to get rid of the things that would hinder us from fulfilling purpose. You have a great plan. You have a purpose. And your purpose is to do us good. Your purpose, oh God, is to help us to reach an expected end. There is an expected end for the righteous ones of the Almighty. So, Father, that is our purpose. That is our goal. That is where we want to get to. We want to be at that point where you say, oh, good and faithful servant. Here is your crown of righteousness. But Lord, this morning we're asking as your children, as a family, that anything that will be a hindrance, oh God, that Lord you bring it, oh God, to our remembrance so that we would make amends, so that we would be diligent, oh God, Father God, to guard our hearts against it. Father, be it Father, social media, be it the TV, be it even on the phones, oh God, be it things that we do even in the house that we take for granted. Father, Lord, we're asking this morning that, Lord, you help each and every one of us. We want to move forward. We want to fulfill purpose. We want to fulfill destiny. And that, oh God, is our goal. So, Lord, we're asking in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you begin to help us, Father. Bring to our remembrance and help us, oh God, Father, that even as you bring to our remembrance, Lord, we will be diligent, Father, to change. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. I hope that you've taken something from this morning's message. Amen. And we're going to continue next week by the special grace of God. Amen and amen. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.